Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. Dear God, God makes no mistakes. That is the title of this last episode of season one, and I feel so blessed to be here and sharing this 49th episode and message from the Lord. And I just thank you so much for listening and just being so faithful to listening and all of the feedback. And I'm just so grateful for all of you. And so I'm excited for what is to come and season two and for what the Lord is leading. Today, though, this is a message that's near and dear to my heart and for people of all ages in this world today that often is so quick to point a finger, place a judgment instead of just love on people. You know, this world and this culture, it's just this constant feeling like we need to keep up and we can't keep up and there's too many things and the expectations are too high. And it's like when we bring it to the Lord, he reveals what he wants us to do. There are too many things we can get involved in and they're not necessarily bad, but it does not mean that they're for us. And so sometimes when I reflect on this message of God makes no mistakes because he does not the times that we may feel like we are messing up or we are incapable of doing the things put before us, it goes back to so many messages, so many lessons, so much that brings me back to God. Everything should bring us back, right? But sometimes it feels like we are messing up, like we can't keep up because we're not meant to. And so it's part of why I practice the pause and do these challenges and will continue to do the challenges we have to fight against the world and we have to fight against the flesh and we have to do the things that the Lord is leading us to do because we don't have to do it all. And I, from a very young age, thought I did. I had to prove it to all the people. I had to do all the things and I had to make sure I did it the best way possible and got the recognition and see that is exhausting. And that is where we start to believe lies like we are a mistake or we are messing up or we're incapable because we're not meant to do it all. God doesn't ask us to do it all at any stage of our life. He does it all. We need to lean into him through every season, every step, and ask him those questions once again. What do you want me to do in this season? What do you want me to know in this season or with this topic? So I started most of these episodes with a question that growing up, I would have probably written in my journal to God that was entitled, Dear God. So let me go there. Dear God. What about all my mistakes? Have you ever stopped and talked to God honestly like that? I do a lot of talking to God honestly like that, and that's what I've done since I was very young. And honestly, many of those conversations are just ones that he continued to pour into me in times where I just felt like I had nothing left to give. And that was going from 
my preteen years to my teenage years to my 20s and to my 30s and even leading me now in those days where it's just the shame or the guilt and the fear or the whatever it is, life. It could just be that there's so much coming at us. We don't even know what to do first. The overwhelm. This world pushes the overwhelm. And there are practical ways we can really pause and push back. But maybe the doubt or the shame of the past tries to halt our growth or moving forward because of the incredible purpose that the Lord has given you and me and every single one of us. The enemy knows that, and the enemy attacks what is good. So we must rise in truth. We must rise above it all because the truth is God is good. He is perfect, and we are not. I often wear this shirt that says perfectly imperfect to school on like days where, like Fridays, if we have positive messages. And it really goes to show that we are not perfect. And it's totally okay. And we could be proud of our imperfections because the Lord is, that's where he strengthens us. That's where he grows us. That's where he teaches us. That's where we are relatable. That's where we relate to other people. That's where our testimonies, I mean, our testimonies are important regardless. But I find that often a testimony where I'm like, wow, that was like an imperfect situation that the perfect God showed up. Like it just draws us in. It draws our attention. And the pressure is off. We are not perfect, but God is. Let's be image bearers instead of trying to be image managers. I heard that recently and I, that stuck with me because it was like, when we know who we are in Christ, there is no managing of our image. We just are what he calls us to be. We are just his. We are his and we are doing the things that he is guiding us to do. It's not in what we can achieve. It's in what we can receive from him. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Mistake. That word should never become a belief. That word should never become a worry. That word should never become part of someone's inner dialogue. Mistakes are made in math problems and on spelling tests, not in people. God makes no mistakes. He makes us each imperfectly perfect. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Psalm 129, 14. Still, if your life is anything like mine, times will come where we feel like we have messed up too much or that we are too far from the Lord. There may even be times that other people, even those close to us, speak hateful words to us and encourage the questions to come. Not encourage us, but encourage us to question things. And I'm not condoning those hateful words. I'm not condoning those words that do not bring life. Instead, I am just stating this because it is when we need to chase after God and truth even more. The truth is God is near us always. He is near to us always, even when we are running far. He chases after us. He did it for me. I know it because he did it. And that is part of the testimonies that I will share in season two of my own will be ones where he was chasing after me when I was running. God is one turn of repentance away. He is waiting for us to turn back. And when we do, he rejoices. Ultimately, what people think of us does not matter as much as as it is a difficult concept to be at peace with. But only what God says matters. Only what he created us to be. Only what God thinks and says it matters. Therefore, it's nice to be favored by God and man, sure. And we can even pray for that. 
Yet God's opinion stands above all others. Actually, yet God's truth stands above all others. And he created us all as his beautiful masterpieces. He is one turn of repentance away. There are so many examples in the Bible of flawed people, just like you and me, who made mistakes and but who were redeemed by grace and still went on to fulfill their God-given purposes, receiving such blessings. There's Noah. Many of us know of him building the ark that God called him to create even before the rain. We know that he successfully built it despite the doubts of others. He remained obedient and his obedience blessed his family and even saved them. They saved their lives. God saved their lives. But what about after the ark? Did Noah make mistakes? He sure did. One in which included drinking too much after planting the first vineyard after the flood. While his mistake did have negative consequences, God blessed his life because of his incredible faithfulness. God is faithful. Noah's incredible faith and obedience to the Lord was seen. Still, he made mistakes. God's grace truly shines through Noah's legacy and story. Still, throughout Noah's story, there had to be so many people who ridiculed him for walking in obedience to the Lord. There had to be so many people around him who did not and could not understand what God had placed in his heart to do. I find that what people don't understand, they can often judge. We need to be careful of that. That is where labels can come and the hateful words, or just the words that maybe they aren't hateful, but they don't bring life. Still, that is not what God says about us. We are beautiful masterpieces in his eyes, created on purpose and for purpose. Therefore, the next time or any time the word mistake or any negative word is spoken to or even eternally thought of, remember this. You are God's masterpiece. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you are a beautiful masterpiece created by a perfect Lord above. Much of season two, like I shared, will be parts of my testimony that developed during a time I was sitting in the shame and guilt. And even the mistakes of my past allow them really to chain me back. But God calls us forward to him. So while the mistakes and the messes of the past may try to keep us chained back, God calls us forward to him. You know, I want to start, maybe I'll do a little reflection now with some reflection questions as like an Art of a Messy House reflection piece here. And this is just for us to reflect on and see if there's anything we're still holding on to that we have not forgiven or anything we need to give to the Lord. Were there any hateful words ever spoken over you, spoken to you, spoken about you? Are you caught up in what others think or say, in people-pleasing, and not in what God's word says? Talk to God about those words. Give them to him and let them go. Ask him to come and speak life into your life in the places others may have hurt you. If this doesn't apply, think about how you can speak life into someone else's life today. Ask God to show you that, to provide that, to allow you to do that. No truth, stand on truth, God's truth, the, the false truths. You once believed or we once believed that were spoken to us by others or even by ourselves, we need to surrender them. Don't carry them. You can't stand on false truths. They have no firm foundation. They have no foundation. They will crumble. They will make us want to crumble. But God and his word are true and he has beautifully created you. He has beautifully created us all. In a crazy world, it gives me pure, utter joy to belong to the one who is so complete, for God makes no mistakes. Therefore, a masterpiece is every single person we meet. Psalm 37 in verse 4, it states, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. 
you know, I'm not going to go into it, but other verses to read here would be Genesis chapter 6 through 9. We must not get stuck in our past or in our mistakes. Instead, let's walk as children of light. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 state, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. How do we walk as children of love? We don't need to wonder how. We have Jesus' example. He's our audience of one that we can turn to because he is the one that it matters. He is our audience that matters. He is the one that matters. Jesus lived to serve his Father. We must fix our focus, Godward, not manward. We must live to please God. In John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29, it says, So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases Him. And then when you go into Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 16, it really goes into talking about sin and talking about things that keep us from God or things that keep us from walking in what God has for us and really what it means to walk as children of light and what it means to live as children of light, which for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, righteousness and truth. We need to do what pleases the Lord. We need to know his truth so we can find out what pleases the Lord in this world of darkness. He will expose the darkness. But if our eyes must be open, we must not sleep. We need to wake up. We need to rise with him and Christ will shine on us. We need to be careful how we live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And you can read that whole, um, all those verses. It's once again, it's Ephesians chapter five, verses three through 16. I won't read it now, but um, that would be a great spot right now to reflect on that because we are not our sins. We are saints in Christ. We are God's holy people, which always makes me stop. I'm like, he is holy, right? But we are becoming more and more Christ-like in our journey. And so with that, as God's children, sin can wage a war on many areas of our own lives, including spiritual growth, our relationships, parenting, godly parenting, our service in the kingdom of God, his service around here, but we are children of light. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 7 through 10, it states, Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. How do we find out? We ask him. We ask him, Lord, what pleases you? Paul asked for help. We can ask for help. That's strength. That doesn't mean we're not strong. It means that we're leaning into the one who is our strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Instead of protecting an image, we can stand in who God created us to be. We can be image bearers. Who am I in Christ? God, what do you call me to be? We can ask him those questions. Who am I? Who do you call me? What do you call me, Lord? 
how can I use my gifts and the place I am right now for your glory? If and when we are hiding something, it's a good indication that we need to bring that thing into the light and bring it to the Lord. Why am I hiding? Remind me of who I am. Tell me what I need to do. Seek to learn what pleases the Lord. Learn about his character. Read about Jesus and how he lived. Sometimes if we find that there's a distortion of grace, it might be a result of feeding the flesh. Or maybe we relaxed our morals. We don't want to do that. We don't need to add to the work of Jesus. We don't need to do that. We can sit in his work. He achieved it. We can receive it. Receive the blessing. We don't need to achieve it. We receive it. We can receive the blessing. To two questions that this leads me to reflect on are this. Is there a secret sin I need to put to death? How can I live more carefully as a child of the light? You know, putting for me, putting this podcast out there, God taught me that I had really been caught in comparison and people-pleasing in ways that were beyond and beneath the surface. So I thought for the longest time, you know, I launched this in, what, March, and so I had been really working on it for several months beforehand. And looking back, I guess the Lord had really been, had me working on this, although I didn't know what this would be. I thought it was going to look very differently than a podcast. But in the whole process of that, I thought I had been past certain things like comparison and people-pleasing. But as I walked deeper in and closer to the launch and then doing all the pieces of it, he started to bring things to the surface. He started to show me other areas to work on where maybe it, had, it was a little bit more tricky and sneaky that it was there. And I didn't really want to face it because it was easier to hide it away. But he helped me see it. He helped me truly become free of it. Are there moments where I may face it? Yes, but it's very different. I recognize it as hugs from God, showing me how those tiny steps or the steps I thought were tiny were really not so tiny at all. It's very different than it used to be. It's more about like recognizing those times where I'm like, wow, like you changed me, Lord, because my reaction would be so different. My thoughts would be so different. And when the enemy tries to sneak it in there, like, you know, there'll be like a little moment where the enemy will be like, okay, well, this has happened before. Let me try to sneak this in. The fact that we can recognize it and see it and then not be reacting from the flesh, but instead from what we know the Lord has already taught us in that, we can react from the freedom that he delivered us from. He sets us free. And while shame, I say we can't or shouldn't talk about it or for fear of what others may think, God reminds us that it doesn't matter. The judgment of others does not matter. God knows. He blesses obedience. And when we close the gap in our disobedience to being more obedient, meaning we are quickly doing what the Lord wants us to do, it closes the gap so that we may walk in our God-given identity. It may close the gap and just as we remove each false truth, it just closes the gap and it makes us walk in that God-given identity. And it just is this beautiful process of like God just empowering us to be confident in Him. Our confidence comes from Him. It's nothing we can achieve. He has gifted us exactly what we need to use it beautifully in this world. And while it may be helpful to have other people's encouragement, and sometimes it'll come and it feels wonderful and it's great, and I love helping and cheering each other on, sometimes it may not come like that. Sometimes it may just be him saying, okay, it's time. You can do this. I've equipped you. 
even if you don't feel ready, just like Moses. I know I started the season talking about how often I feel like Moses, and it goes back to that. We can trust him. The more we step in obedience to what he's calling us to do, even before we feel like we're ready, the more we just learn to trust him deeper because we see how he does it. It's nothing to do about what we're doing. It's all to do about what he is doing in and through us. So keep moving and be mindful to what the enemy is trying to silence you on because I know he silenced my voice or tried to. I won't give him the credit of saying he silenced my voice like a muzzle for years. And I can't help but to continue to see how that was not because I was in, unable to be a speaker, unable to speak, unable to teach or encourage people. Instead, it was to silence me from what God was calling me to do. And that's what he does often. So be mindful. I wasn't even going to talk about this right now. Really pay attention to what the enemy is trying to silence you on. Or if there's any areas that you feel like, attacked on or it's like this all the time. It's right this and this and right before this. Pay attention to that. Write that down. Ask God about that too. Ask him what he wants you to know about that. Is there something? Because chances are there will be something. You know, I'm going to talk about this little analogy real quick about how sometimes I get really excited about an idea, like something of like, yes, I have this idea. I need to do it. Oh my goodness, I'm going to jump into it. I'm going to do it. And you probably know that if even if you don't know me in my own life or if you do, You probably know that about me. And lately I've been really learning to let it sit and soak. And so it makes me think of how whenever there's something, like after we cook dinner, I am the one that wants to scrub and clean all the dishes right away, get it all done, move on to the next thing so I can relax and just, you know, be done with all that. And my husband will leave something that may need scrubbing. He'll say, you know what, let's just let it sit here for a little while. Let's just you know, soap or put some water, just let it sit and let it soak for a little while. And often I think about that analogy because I think that that's a lot of times I am not the one that does that or I have not easily done that. There has been many times in my life where I I start to do that now or I, I pause. That's why I practice the pause. I know to do that more and to be mindful of when I need to do that. And that's part of God's working in me. But when we let it sit and soak, it's easier in the end. I may not get it done right then, but it's easier when I do go back to it. When I do go back to clean that pot or that pan, it's a lot easier. It doesn't take more of my strength. Instead, in my rushing, sometimes I can just think that I need to do it all right away, or I need to do it all, or I need to get it done. And and in that mentality that we might have in this world, Sometimes we're not just sitting with it. And so many times with topics I'm passionate about, I want to jump right in because the Holy Spirit reminded me, you know, or like prompted me, but the Holy Spirit really reminds me lately to pause and let it soak first. And one of the topics that has been this one that I have been really sitting with and here and there, I write about it, post about it, share about it. In my own life, you know that this is something that is really the Lord is burdening my heart about Um, on so many levels for people I love, but also for youth and in general and for my own life and for my kids and for just like this topic that the Lord sparked a fire in me about is identity. And if God offers us something, we don't need to grab it. If something is from the Lord and if he offers something to us and it's in our identity, it will never go away. There's often this like idea that it's like, or this belief system in the world where it's like, 
that was your one shot. It's gone if you don't take it right now. And that makes us want to like hustle and beat everyone and do everything. And at least it did with me for years. But there's not only one shot with our God-given identity. Listen, we make mistakes. We make messes by grabbing at it, but we also make them just in general. I mean, I think of like, by your fruit, they will know you. How do we do this? You know, our testimonies, we need to stand on the testimony of what the Lord has done. By the blood of the Lamb, we overcome. Listen, there are times we may slip up into bad habits and ways and even regards to our thinking. And it's really another importance of community. Because when we isolate ourselves from those who care, it can cause us to snap or spiral or speculate thoughts. And we can formulate opinions of ourselves, others, or even what others think of us. But we need to push against that. We need to push against it, have the conversation, stay in community, a community who has the same mindset, right? Who are encouraging, who are not competing. Really, people that will help you walk in your identity with the Lord or encourage you to walk in your God-given identity in Christ. Sometimes we have to start that community. The world may stomp our identity constantly. Though I mean, Satan attacks identity all the time, like by even twisting the very definition of the word. When I first um, started to do a deep dive into this topic of God-given identity, it was in June, and this was when I started to really be attacked or feel attacked, feel the burden of my own identity. Like I felt like in my own life, these situations that I was facing were actually questioning the character, my character, my identity. And I remember talking to a a sister of Christ and we were just talking about stuff and giving an update. And I said something like that and she saw it for what it was. And before I could even call it out what it was, she called it out and she brought it to my attention. And she said, this is an attack on your identity and you know who you are and his and you're doing like she was just encouraging me and calling it what it was. And I think that that is why it's so important to be in a community with each other. And we are created for community to help each other see through those times and things that are heavy and hard to help us bring to the surface what it is to crush the enemy's plans to kill, steal and destroy. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John 10, 10. Be encouraged. God brings life. Let's look for the gifts and good in others. I love doing that. I love doing that. The Lord, I mean, I can't take any credit for it. I just love like meeting people. I think that's why I love teaching because I love that the Lord allows me to see these giftings of these individual students and people and the you know, the ability to see the giftings quickly and to be able to help ignite it and illuminate it and and to remind others of their gifts that are so beautifully right before us that they might not even see because the world is drawing attention to other things the way we're supposed to be, but not there's not a one way, right? I mean, there is a one way. We know it's through Jesus. But I mean, with as far as the world, there's everyone is different. Let's see the good in people. Let's draw attention to the good. You know, when we think of identity, I can't but help but to bring up David. What a man of great courage in the face of danger. In 1 Samuel 16, 18, it says, One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lair. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man. And the Lord is with him. He walked in his God-given identity. When we do that, we don't have to go looking for it. It comes to us. The opportunities. The key to David's fight in Goliath was that he understood his identity in Christ. He didn't try to be somebody else when facing the fears. Instead, he used what God gave him 
If we are not walking in our true identity, things will distract us. So here's the question. God, what is my God-given identity? What do you want me to know about it? What do you want me to do about it? First of all, we have to tell the truth. We have to tell the truth to God. Confession is the only way we can do that. It's much more than just saying, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that. Sure, sometimes that will come up, but it's a way of telling the truth to God, who is truth. Also, we can reflect on this. What are things that I believe about myself that are negative? What are words that we believe about ourselves? We need to call them out. Straight shoot the lies with truth. Expose the lies. Declare the truth. Maybe list them out. Maybe write them out. What words or lies we once believed about ourselves. And then it could even be general lies that we once believed. I mean, get real, real. Then cross them out and add God's truth. God's truth. I've said this before, right? Like, I'm not a victim. I am victorious through Christ. I am not unlovable. I am loved by God. Call them out. Straight shoot the lies with truth. Expose the lies. Declare the truth. There is power in our words, in the words that we think and say. And how to fight the lies is with truth. Kids can do this too. You know, I think about my youngest, Austin. He is very curious. And I have often found myself in the beginning hearing the common saying, or once there was a common saying that I remember hearing growing up was, curious killed the cat. And I was like, no, that is a gift used wrong. It didn't kill the cat. Using curiosity wrongly did. The gifts are there for everyone. Are we using them aligned to our God-given identity in, is the question. That's the real question. We are called to love. We love others by encouraging them to walk in their God-given purpose with their God-given gifts. A curious person may be very gifted at learning or seeing things differently, right? Let's pray that we see all the people in our path, whether they be our kids, students, or whoever it is, the way God sees them. Help us see, Lord. Sure, we need to mind our own business sometimes, but often we have this opportunity to help encourage one another, to foster encourage others to use their gifts, to help others see it if they can't see it. Maybe somebody who's always been getting in trouble or the enemy may be trying to warp our thinking into seeing the lies like, oh, this person is just a troublemaker. But no, we can't label people by that. We must be super focused on truth and walking in a spirit-led life to see the truth in it. Help us see it, Lord. Help us foster it. No matter what we do or in the moments we find ourselves judging or seeing or calling something what it is that is not a positive kind of thing, and we don't need to be in denial that some things are not the right choices or we mess up, but we need to remember to keep moving forward with God. We may not be able to do something, but God can. For no matter how many promises God has made, there are yes in Christ, and through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, yes and amen. God is faithful, and his promises are true. He does not take back promises. He does not go back on his word, and he certainly doesn't change it. Why am I saying this right now? I'm saying it for the one who may need the reminder. Keep going. Keep moving. God knows his promises. He knows the gifts he gave you and the dreams he placed on your heart. He is faithful. When we keep moving, he can more easily guide us. Prayer by prayer, step by step, even if it's a misstep. It is in the moving, moving closer to him, to here in the seasons of waiting. We may even feel the heaviness of decisions before us or situations around us, making it beneficial to slow down and catch our breath but it may tempt us to stop moving too. But in the lack of moving, we can dwell in the heavy if we are not careful. We can stare at the mountains instead of turning our focus to drawing even nearer to God. 
declaring who he is. How does this relate to moving? The moments we feel the weight and its heaviness, it's an opportunity to talk to God even more. Let's be real. Our moves and our moving can be ones of being real with him. God, I need help. I don't know what to do. I think I should do this, but what do you want from me? Thank you, God, for being my ever-present help. Pray step in. Pray step in. Pray step in. We must be aware of the seasons when we feel the urge to stop because it may mean we need to slow down, but sometimes it may also mean we must push past the urge because the enemy sees what's good and what's beauty and what beauty is blooming. There is a blessing and breakthrough often coming. We never know what the next step will bring. You never know what the next step will bring or what step will bring this suddenly. Pray step, pray step, push harder against the urge to quit. Keep moving. God is always there. He will guide. He will provide. God is by your side. Do not give up. God is in the details for even when we can't, he can do immeasurably more. Ephesians 3, 20. So what does it look like for a busy person? Seeking him. Bible time each day for a few minutes. Different seasons will bring different needs and different possibilities. Putting on worship music, playing the Bible on audio, maybe even praying in our commute. What are the family values? What are my values? What is the enemy attacking? What do I feel attacked on? What do I feel heavy? What do I feel off track about? What needs my focus? Is it family time? Is it time with my spouse? You know, busy moments here, I find often, and even recently, where they were causing us to almost live parallel lives or to feel that way. And that's when the enemy will try to get us to believe false truths. Push against it. Do you feel like you're living a parallel life with your spouse or your, or somebody? Push against it. Maybe one parent's running this way and the other is running this way. And the reality with sports and different activities after school, I mean, that is what happens. When we pause and we really pray and really pause to ask, what can we do together this week? What can we do together today? It may not be the convenient thing, but it can be the God thing. And it is worth our time and effort because God knows best. He redeems and restores time and he can bless it. So maybe it is, let's do dinner together tonight. Or maybe let's spend Sunday together. Let's do this together. We need to be intentional. And we need to push against what is pushing us to be thrown into the busy. Or where it leaves us vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy or to the the false truths coming in. Whatever it is, don't complain or avoid it. Do it. Face it. Sit with God about it. He will provide. I'm going to end the first season in prayer, but I first want to say this. You have a beautiful God-given identity. The world would try to define it differently. Turn to God and ask him about it. He is the one who gave it. He makes no mistakes. He only makes masterpieces. Still, he is the only perfect one. We are not perfect. Do not sit in the lies, the shame, or the guilt. Instead, sit with God. Rise with Jesus, stand with him, trust in him, whatever it is you face, he is faithful. I just want to thank all of you who listened, who encouraged me, who inspired me, everyone who has helped me in this first season and in doing this thing, this thing that was way out of my comfort zone and nothing I ever planned, but God, but God, I just want to thank you for every kind word. It has truly been a blessing Stay tuned for more about season two coming up. I will share on social media. It's going to include a lot of the lessons and truths of God that he has taught and been working on in me since I was young. It is much of the work he has poured through me, through my writing that I have not yet published because I 
was waiting for the right time when he told me to go. But though it may not get published yet, he is really showing me that it's the right time now to start sharing part of it this way. And so season two of the podcast will be really about Dear Younger Me, but it will include testimonies of my own and others and lessons that, quite honestly, we continue to learn all throughout life, not just when we're young. Age doesn't matter when it comes to God-given identity. It is given to us by God. We don't need to achieve it. Instead, through His grace, His mercy, and His love, we receive it. So back to the soaking example. We need to sit with Him. We need to soak in God's presence. He will tell us when to stand, when to go, when to walk. He will tell us when to do all the things that He wants us to do. We don't need to do it all. He does it all. So we can sit with Him, and we can love And we can live for him because he truly knows best. Dear God, you make no mistakes, still you forgive my mistakes. And today I will cover myself in truth. Pour in what you say about me. I forgive those who have spoken anything hateful to me or things that did not bring life. Please forgive me if I have ever said anything hurtful to anyone. Show me those things so I can forgive, so I can actually reach out and and ask for forgiveness too, so I can pray for them. You, Lord, you bring joy. You are the joy in everything. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. You are my strength. So I take delight in you and I store your words on my heart so that they will flow and radiate through me all the days of my life. I pray for the person listening, every single person that listens to this and every episode. I pray that they know their God-given identity and that they walk in it. I pray for a world of people who walk in their God-given identity on fire for you. May we hear you. May we be embraced by your love and live a life for you. May your love be louder than anything in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast, and thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation, subscribe there for weekly devotionals, and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you will follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.